Hello, and welcome to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast with your host, Tyler W. Moore and David Cantu. Hello, and welcome to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. I'm Tyler. And I'm David Cantu. All right. Uh, today, we are doing a little bit of a different episode. A long time ago, uh, we one of our first episodes, which no one should ever listen to, is uh, is our Quentin Tarantino episode. We, we've covered every single one of his, like, you know, written and directed by movies, basically. I will give my reason why later, but I disagree with that. You should definitely go give that a listen. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. That well, was just a... L- well... Hell, actually, because I listened to that a little over, I'd say about a year and a half ago. Yeah. And, I mean, I just listened to podcasts at work. We, yeah. We, we've covered this. But that was also during the last, like, really pain-in-the-ass, just sucky breakup of mine. Uh-huh. Where I wanted to spend a lot of alone time. So I listened to that podcast, mm-hmm. got all these movies that you were describing, and I'm like, that sounds like a great way to kill time. <laughs> so I just... Binge Tarantino, and I'm I'm gonna give him some credit. That really picked me up out of the dumps watching all those movies. Yeah, because I, I I remember like we because I was gonna talk about how like yeah you uh, you started watching all of them yourself, and then I remembered oh yeah you were telling me it was in part because of the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> well, because I had only seen uh, three of the ones that three Tarantino movies to Pul- that point. Pulp Fiction, I know you saw. Yes, you you showed me that. Uh, Django Unchained, actually, that's the. Hell, what was it? Kill Bill? Kill Bill. Yes, actually, I I had definitely seen that when I was much younger. But just filling out the rest of that catalog, it was definitely something that fit exactly what I needed. Right. And so my idea when I uh, when I when I concocted this idea, uh, my idea when I made this idea, yeah, that's a, a really great fucking way to put that. Um, <laughs> I've got this feeling that I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a second. Um, oh, that is from this. <laughs> yes. Oh. Solid, solid early reference. I know. I started. That's why I didn't now, finish see, the reference because I didn't. I see, couldn't remember what it was from. <laughs> see, now we can't cut my st- my stupid sentence. Damn um, it. So. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, no, the idea I had was, you know, w- after I watched all the movies, I started going into the deep cuts, you know, like the non-official movies or stuff he just wrote. So uh, we're going to do two episodes this year. This is the first one. Uh, this is just focusing on other movies he directed. And those three films are My Best Friend's Birthday, which is an incomplete uh, feature that would have been before Reservoir Dogs. Then... Four Rooms, which he directed a segment of, and then Death Proof, which we kind of touched on in our other one, but we didn't really dedicate a lot of time to it. We'll talk about that here. Did you know anything about any of these movies uh, going in? Like, Because I know you'd seen Death Proof. Death Proof, yes, because that was part of that same binge I was talking like about earlier. Yeah. yeah, well, because uh, the college I work at has a terrific uh, Tarantino section. Like, yeah. Not specifically Tarantino, but... <laughs> Because they're alphabetized and they have different names. I, I really liked Death Proof the first time because it, it caught me off guard. We'll, we'll go ahead and jump into the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one's My Best Friend's Birthday. Like I said, yeah. uh, it's, it was his first attempt. Well, no, I think it's his second attempt at trying to make a feature. Uh, this is the first one that people can actually see. And uh, they just never finished it. So it's a... Uh, it exists like a 36-minute short film that is like has no conclusion whatsoever. No conclusion. It barely has continuity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've watched the opening scene of it, 
a couple times. And that's about as far as I could get in before I was like, I don't want to dedicate the next 30 minutes of my life to this. I was like, I'm going to watch all of it with, with Cantu and we're going to, we're going to experience it together. Uh, so it was the first time I saw it in full. Yeah. Had you heard of it before? Uh, well, I was made aware that there was uh, Tarantino works and for all I know, you might've been the one who pointed that out to me that Maybe. if I really wanted to check things out, I could go on YouTube and find stuff that was never really released. Yeah. Uh, There's another one called, like, Love, Birds, and Bondage, and I think that one was, like, completely lost or something. Given what we saw today, I'm not sure <laughs> if I really want to watch it that much. I think I'm going to trust Tarantino from now on. Just when he puts something out, it's because he wants his name attached to it. Right. I, I kind of get it with this one. <laughs> Gee, I don't even know where to start with this one. Yeah, uh, I kind of made my position clear very quick on that uh, one. Because the, the thing is, the opening scene is, like, it makes so much sense, you know? Like, because it's, it's this scene of uh it's tarantino is the lead character in the in the movie which is something i did like actually yeah he's the only one who could have possibly done it in that that cast he's the only one he could have convinced to do it yeah (laughs) but uh so it's it's him and this other guy and he's talking uh they're on a radio show and they're talking about how uh, uh when quentin's character was three years old he was going to kill himself but then he decided not to because he watched the partridge family and well, it was uh, a really good episode it was a really he didn't good just episode. watch it it was a good episode on top <laughs> i was just like this makes so much sense that he made this um <laughs> it's it was like a really unrefined tarantino and like I, i've talked about in the past how like i think reservoir dogs probably has sort of like the least is probably like slightly less matured tarantino like when, once he got into pulp fiction he kind of got to a point where it was less about like oh like oh off color reference like not off color um, uh, out there obscure obscure is what i'm looking for mm-hmm. obscure references like like oh, like these hitmen know about like italian movies and <laughs> like say italian hitmen are people too <laughs> and reservoir dogs is a great movie especially compared to this but <laughs> um, yeah there and there's actually it's funny there's like references to well not references to reservoir dogs but reservoir dogs has references to this the Radio I need to rewatch it. The radio DJ's name is K Billy, and uh, in Reservoir Dogs they have K Billy's Super Sounds of the Seventies. Um, Does he have the same? Uh, what is it that? Hello, babe. What is it? <laughs> uh, no, no. He. Um, it's it's that it's that one guy with the slow voice. I don't remember what I know- his name is. I know Tarantino's character does that <laughs> but- <laughs> several <laughs> times, and it's like, wait a second. I hear that on like. Radio Zoo stuff like that's the tag at the end of all these wacky sounds. Oh yeah, it's like oh thank God I found the source. That's not the source. That's it's like mm. a it's like a. So he's probably it's like an Elvis. He's type still of making thing. fun of the source. There's also Tarantino has great dialogue in here where he's talking to uh, someone who's like trying to do a request and he tells him to fuck your mama. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he ends the call. Yeah. <laughs> that's how yeah. Yep. The, the whole movie, the whole it's it's weird calling this a movie. Uh, <laughs> the whole thing is like pretty feature. Tri- it's not a feature either because it's only thirty six minutes. Uh, uh, this whole thing <laughs> is, is pretty tryhard. <laughs> it's it's a very early version of uh, True Romance, and uh, True Romance. We'll talk about that on when we do uh, the movies he wrote on a different say, episode. I 
I give Tarantino enough credit that even with you saying that, yeah. I would try and watch True Romance. Yeah, yeah. There's there's good parts of True Romance, and then there's the rest of it. I mean, I watched Jackie Brown after all. <laughs> no, oh, that was all right too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd put Jackie Brown over anything on this list. I noticed a lot of talking on phones. Like, yeah. there's every scene someone is talking on the phone. Well, how else? Because you got to remember, Tarantino didn't have the Eddie Murphy line of prosthetics that he could play as many characters as he wants. So, use the phone. He could be as he many. Could be anyone. He could be as many phones as he wants to be. Well, because like a lot of time they're just talking to like just talking to a phone, no response, right? But there are a few times where Tarantino's doing a different voice, and it's very, he's got a very distinct sound. Like, you cannot convince me that he's... Hi, my else. name is very specifically not Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> uh, I think there's a time where it's like a doing an old lady voice or something. It's it's very embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> um, there's lots of... So we, we, we went into it a little bit a second ago, but there's lots of like high school play level acting <laughs> from everyone else. Tarantino's not doing great himself, but uh, he's yeah. probably the best member of the cast. And you know what? I mean... No shame in that. Yeah. I acted in high school plays. Right. So <laughs> you're right. This is below high school play level acting. <laughs> Depends on the high school, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there, there is a lot of just very, very stilted performances trying to deliver like very early, uh, unrefined Tarantino dialogue, and it did not work. Except for, of course, Samuel L. Jackson shows up in this movie. <laughs> He's more like, hmm, Shamuel L. Jackson. <laughs> right there. There you um, go. So the mic picks it up. But yeah, I know like this this guy just like randomly enters the, uh, this other character's house. Uh, and he like starts, I think he starts. Uh, let's just call him the birthday boy for the rest of the, this. Okay, because yeah. that's, we're going to take what we've got and we're going to treat it like he gave us more. Like, like yeah okay so he enters the birthday boy's house and he starts uh, he would try- totally name it that too uh, he starts trying to to uh, to bone his girlfriend and so then birthday boy enters the room and they start like making like Wait, hold up that was a call girl they were very specific no the on call that. girl was she's the one with Tarantino what yeah. No, because remember, he paid a call girl to go over to his friend's place because it's his birthday. But at the end... And that's why he was all shocked. But at the end, uh, I think it's someone Remember his girlfriend was with that acting guy that we agreed was... Actually, he's probably the one you were most talking about with that high school performance. (laughs) He's just like, wine! And then he looks away from the camera. It's just like, you got it, man. You said the word you were supposed to. (laughs) Well, you delivered him. You remembered it. Uh, but yeah, no. So like he he starts he starts uh, trying to like kung fu fight birthday boy, and there's like several shots. Psych. <laughs> they uh so like it'll be a shot of him kicking, and then the guy getting kicked, and then a shot of him kicking, then a guy getting kicked. And to be clear, that is birthday boy kicking Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, L. L. Jackson. L. <laughs> L. <laughs> More like E. L. He could have been Hispanic for all we know. It was black and white, so uh, there is actually, uh, this is drawing away from where you just were, so yeah. I'll make it quick. The black and white really distorted a lot of things in the back. There was a point where you and I, I said, is that an action figure in a box? And you said, I thought that was an arcade machine. I'm pretty sure it was, because they were like in a bar or something. There's Yeah, there's just lots of really weird dialogue, uh, and one of them by Shamuel Jackson 
uh, oh was, my god was the best line in the film it's uh your I ass, take it all back <laughs> your ass is grass and I'm the lawnmower <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the best line Tarantino's ever written uh, <laughs> oh man we were busting up the first was, time on that it's still funny it, oh yeah uh, and then there's also uh, you look like shit funny I feel like diarrhea <laughs> god I miss the fourth grade <laughs> <laughs> I get the vibe from this movie that uh, Tarantino kind of likes Elvis. He had the hair. <laughs> he like would not stop talking about Elvis. There was he literally said he would fuck Elvis. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there's like, forget. Are we good for that word? Oh yeah. You can say anything you want. <laughs> That's what he goes for. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and then like just talking about the writing, every character is Quentin Tarantino basically. There's very little nuance to anybody. They all just kind of talk like him. I thought you were just saying, like, the extra voices are, I'm like, yeah, we already covered that. It's like, oh, shoot. Yeah. You're right. The dialogue was not fitting the characters very well at all. That's a good point. I, I There's one point I just wrote down, what is happening. Uh, Elvis, Elvis, Elvis. Uh, there's there's not really... Like, gun to his head, he can fuck him. <laughs> There's no, yeah, there's not really a lot to talk about here because it's super short. Uh, there's very there's very early signs of like what would come with Reservoir Dogs and you know some of the right like uh, like I said it's an early draft of True Romance so there's there's those elements. Do you remember Birthday Boy getting hit in the face repeatedly with that mop? To be clear, it's oh, the Paul no! side he got hit with. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Wow. There, yeah, there's I was amazed. I was like, wow, you're being really merciful on that because that was a horrible effect. That would have been better if they just did one take rather than replaying the same take. It was the same take, basically. Well, and I guess they had like three takes. Yeah. Like they, but they, they were all just horrible. None of them looked like they hit. There was no sound effect on any of them. Like It was, it was pretty bad. I, I don't know. Ooh. I don't know if this is worth watching even as a Tarantino fan. Actually, as a Tarantino fan, I think you're obligated. You gotta know where yeah. he was, and it, it yeah. humanizes him a bit. And yeah, it's hey, I, I, it's not, it doesn't make what I, he's made and I like. I guess any what worse. I'm saying, I guess what I'm saying is like a casual viewer would not enjoy this whatsoever. Like if you like, oh, filthy man. casuals stay away. Like if like, oh man, I like Kill Bill, uh, <laughs> but like it, like if you're not really into any of his other stuff, like don't don't bother. Like, but. I think like yeah, if you if you're if you're a completionist, you want to see all of it, then it's on YouTube. <laughs> Watch at your own risk. Now I apologize if you were about to do this one, but you did remind me of it. We all love Tarantino's taste in music. He does a great job with it. Ooh, you know where I'm going. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was gonna say when skip the over. music was going over the dialogue and you don't know what's going on. They're, I think they're literally playing it on set because the shot would cut and it would skip ahead in the song. There was also one point where they did another take and it was on a completely different song. Then they went back to the other take and it started playing Ballroom Blitz again. Yeah, you called that out as it happened watching the movie. I remember I'm talking about when the lady, the call girl, is on the bed. Oh my god. And she's, I'm coming up with my own dialogue. What I decided she was saying was something like, hmm, this doesn't feel right. Hmm, maybe like this. Hmm, just right. You know, all Goldilocks. And then all of a like, sudden, <laughs> and then this big old Samuel Jackson bear came in. <laughs> Someone's been sleeping with my hoes. <laughs> so if you had to give this a Jamie rating, uh, oh. David, David J. Cantu, what would you give it? Point five. A point five.
0.5. Oh, wow. See, okay, so I, I wrote 3.5 if I'm being a little generous. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this is the, definitely the, uh, the, the lowest rated Quentin Tarantino movie. Well, yeah, especially because uh, consistently I give things higher ratings. Yeah. I am very extreme. I cannot imagine the movie that I'm going to give a 5 to. That'll be wild. Look out, folks. Whew. Well, let's move on to Four Rooms. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, there should be quite a lot of people who don't know because this movie was made for $4 million. Uh, and it, it was uh, huh. it, it made $4 million, like $4.25 million in the, uh, in the box office. Oh, well, so it, it made literally nothing back. Well, not literally. They didn't. They didn't because that doesn't include marketing. <laughs> so Four Rooms is an anthology movie that follows uh, Tim Roth as a bellhop uh, in this big hotel. And each uh, each segment, there's four segments by four directors. I forget who the first two are, but the third and fourth are Robert Rodriguez and Quentin. Quick question: Does anthology necessarily mean that different directors are involved? Not necessarily. No. Well. That means, and keep in mind, I, lo- I love this movie. I'm going to say that right at the top. Okay. I really enjoyed it. If you took away the title cards, it could have just been a movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In a sense, but like, I mean, they're definitely like separated as their own segments. I, I suppose it's just that if you had just followed, if you had just followed Ted throughout the night, yeah. you would have seen all those stories just the same. Right. Sure. And I guess like, and it but, takes place in the same single evening, mm-hmm. so. But all of them are pretty distinct in their delivery. But anyway, yeah, it's it's uh, Ted the bellhop uh, going to four different rooms. Each one's a different director, um, and that's why it has to be an anthology. And that's why it has to be an anthology. So, but I, I, like I said, I think every one of them is very different because I would say uh, the first segment is terrible. I actually didn't mind the first segment. Uh, thought it was all right. I I didn't I. I didn't mind it the first time I saw it, and then the second time, like, because one of, probably my biggest complaint in here, and it's not, it's not always a complaint, mm-hmm. uh, it's, I, I sometimes kind of enjoy it, uh, Tim Roth way overacts in this movie, <laughs> like, he is, he is cheesing up that screen hardcore. That is fair, that's a fair criticism, and... For the same reason you just said. Sometimes you like it. Yeah, Other no, it's, it's funny sometimes, but, but sometimes it's, it's just, like, awkward. Overall, for this movie, I like the overacting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, there are definitely points where it's just like, all right, yeah. calm down. It's, it's, it's mostly when he's moving around and he's, like, constantly, like, jiggling and, uh, like, adjusting shit. Though I found uh, my assumption there was that that was uh, an homage to the bellhop or bellboy, the, the, yeah, the Jerry, Jerry Lewis, Lewis movie, yeah. exactly. Which of course they do. Uh, Quentin Tarantino himself makes a reference to at yeah. the end. Sorry to skip to that part. Yeah, but uh, Jerry Lewis, he's he was bebopping around the whole time, right, and but the that fact was... that they had that movie in mind and they yeah. were so similar. I guess have you seen it? I have not seen it. I would love to show you sometime. Okay. Uh, but, like, it, that works in that era. I don't know. Like, there's some things that just don't translate over properly. Mm-hmm. It, it feels weird. Like, in, especially when everything else around... It's not normal, but, like, everything else around him is... Uh, like, the rest of the characters act pretty grounded for the most part. Yeah. Um, like, they have their own cartoony elements, but... Of course, you have to appreciate it. He was consistent throughout all of it. Like there, There's it, some way he, he does not play that... it up as much. Uh, because, like in, in the last two, he doesn't play it up near as much because I don't think... Arguably, his character is spent at that point. He yeah, was very... Good point, yeah. Like, for that first scene, keep in mind, nothing's gone wrong. He just got 
He's just starting that shift. He, he, he like... And all that happens in the first room to him is sex. Actually, let me walk that back. Magical date rape, but... <laughs> yes. But he later himself says that he, he enjoys it. So yeah. there you go. That he, makes first, you feel better about that. The, the first room was a coven of witches. <laughs> yeah, and come on. Uh, I, I laughed several times when they were talking about what they brought. I mean, the rhyme and then the I swallowed part. Yeah. That fit with it. I mean, uh, I, I just found it entertaining. And right. Would I have enjoyed that for the entire movie? No. To be honest, yeah. I was not... I was not looking forward to that being the rest of the movie. I was like, oh, that was just enough of that. I think I, I wanted to give you a warning because you watched a little bit of it, then you came here and finished it. Um, I watched the opening and then uh, the first two minutes after the opening, and then uh -huh. I just started it over this morning. Okay, because uh, I, I gave you a warning, like, don't judge the movie on the first 20 minutes. Yes, you said that, like, right as soon as we were being introduced to the coven. Uh -huh. You said, I'm sorry about the first 20 minutes of this, by the way. <laughs> which, half of it had to be that opening, which yeah. lasted forever. But, mm -hmm. hey, on the bright side, one thing I thought was great about that, you would never take your kids into that movie and then make it through the entire opening credit yeah. without knowing you need to leave. Uh -huh. because it's kind of like a Pink Panther-esque yeah, sort of opening credits. That's what I was thinking, you know? And I was just like, oh, this, this, this will be fine. This will be fun. Then you see animated titties go walking by, uh -huh. and all of a sudden it's like, oh, gotcha. That really just marks like probably, what kind of movie it's going to be. Probably the best part of the opening credit sequence was uh, there's like there an executive producer, Quentin Tarantino, uh, title card, and the it's like him and his hat like pull guns on each other. Mm -hmm. It's like a little standoff. It's like I thought that was pretty funny. But, oh, you're right. I did like that. <laughs> um, it's like perfect for his title card. Mm -hmm. um, and so I guess like, you know, we've kind of talked about the first segment already. Um, the second one is a lot better. Uh, it has a few like, it has like a few like weird leaps in logic to where like, but like, but doesn't really explain it to the audience. My least favorite of, of the four. Oh, for real? Oh, wow. Yes. Um. There, I thought some of the stuff was funny, but like definitely still underwhelming. Yeah, like the window part, I love Tim Roth so much for that because just how much that would hurt. The way yeah. you know they got that shot, and he turns himself around in that uh -huh. tiny window. I did. And I knew as soon as I saw that guy's face, I was like, he's gonna throw up. He's gonna get him. <laughs> that was. But Lawrence, that's where I was wrong. That was Lawrence Bender, who's like a producer on a lot of uh, Quentin's early movies. Huh. That threw up on him. Uh, yeah, the Ooh, second. Just narrowly. Yeah. Narrowly oh, yeah. missed him. Almost threw up on him. Yeah. I, I like that one better than the first segment, but still, it's still not great. Move into. It was just craziness and watching Ted deal with craziness. Yeah, and like, know? but it just it kept it kept happening because basically, like, to, for anyone who doesn't know, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, if anyone's familiar with this podcast, they know that we're gonna spoil all these movies. The now that there's too much to spoil, the segment is uh, Tim Roth goes into this room. Uh, he goes into the wrong room, and uh, it's a guy like holding his wife hostage and uh, acting like a psycho, and like he's threatening to kill him because he thinks that uh, he was like sleeping with his wife or something. And it's well, was he? Did he really think he slept with his wife? Because at this point, it's just pretty sure they're just loons. Uh, yeah, that too. Like uh, him more than her. Like she's a sociopath, but he's a yeah. loon. Yeah. 
I, I, there, yeah, like I said, a lot of leaps in logic, and it didn't make a lot of sense. But some of the jokes are kind of funny. Yeah, jokes were funny, but I mean, I've always been. Uh, I, I like things. Generally, I'm going to be a very nice critic when it mm -hmm. comes to stuff. For me, it what will ruin a movie for me is when I start seeing it mechanically not adding up. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh, I don't feel like we should have gotten you here. Right, you know? yeah, yeah. Unless you're going to do an Emperor's New Groove type, like, hey, we don't know how either. I'm like, never mind, that does it. Uh -huh. There was like, and there's like, there's a moment where, you know, the guy like pa like passes out or whatever, Tim Roth's about to leave, and uh, the wife's like, oh, hey, why don't you help him? And like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> so. Well, and also, he. I can't even tell if he actually was trying at that point, but he claimed that he was, and he did go to the bathroom. And it, yeah, like none of it I, made I'm, I'm a lot of sense. I'm just not sure exactly yeah, yeah. what anyone's true intents were at the right. end of that. So he, then he leaves that room. We go into the third room, which was uh, directed by Robert Rodriguez. It's kind of hit or miss, um, but the best, probably the best part of the entire movie. I was gonna say I'm giving it. I'm giving it my number one of the rooms, but mm, okay. I had to. It had to work up against that fourth one because I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we'll get there, but like the the best part of the entire movie is Ant Antonio Banderas. He's so <laughs> he's so amazing. The, the also he has the best shot of the movie where it's just like this fucking close up of his face, face like lifted up, and he goes behave. <laughs> uh, I'm so sad they couldn't see either of our faces for that. <laughs> well, just just look up four rooms behave. <laughs> There's I a, bet it's, it's there. Isolated. I'm certain. Um, yeah, you're right. It's an ice. I'm getting it. I'm, <laughs> but I mean, it just leads me to say. By the way, I want to see some bad guy Antonio Banderas in oh, movies. Yeah. Why? I, He's I feel like as he gets older and possibly less charming, I'm not gonna bet on it, but right. possibly less charming or just as charming. Actually, that's good in a villain. Yeah, because well, like, yeah, like you know, I think the reason why he's always made a good antihero is because he's um, he's intimidating, but he's also charming. He, but I think he could, yeah, he could totally play a play a villain and. Mm -hmm. Make it work. I'm almost certain I've seen him do it once. Can't remember where, but I want more. Anyways. Yeah. I just want more of him. Where, where is our Antonio? <laughs> chop, chop, Antonio. We're waiting. We know you're listening. So, like, the setup of it is pretty good. Like, it, it gives you a very, it's a very basic sort of like, oh, hey, watch these kids. Make sure they don't mess around. And then they're going to do it. Yeah. And it's definitely one where the bellhop causes himself more trouble by being a Dick to kids. Yeah. Which, as we all know, that's that's movie rule number one. Don't be a dick to kids. Uh -huh. The end of the movie isn't going to be nice for you. That's just how it goes. One of my notes is uh, the kids aren't great. Also, feet. The fucking, like, I thought Quentin Tarantino had a foot fetish. And this guy's going going nuts. He's, like, got <laughs> close-ups of the kids, like, sucking on their toes. And that's... Like, I'm not joking, either. You think I'm joking, but... <laughs> I'm almost certain they didn't suck on toes. The little boy sucked on his fucking toes. Oh, oh, you're right. You're um, right. I thought you were talking about when the girl's on the bed and she's oh, doing the, like, you know what uh, the hither. smell from pies and cartoons yeah. do? Yeah. Yeah. Finger just... She's got, like, her toe and, like, her, her feet are in frame and she's like, yeah, come here. And uh, the boy's, like, crawling over to her and it's like, it almost sounds like porno music playing. It's like, oh boy, here we go. Oh no, don't, please don't do this. <laughs> yeah, there was a director who was getting some just glares, I'm certain. I'm not going to name any names. <laughs> but in the room at a certain point, I'm certain they're just like, are you sure? Uh, but the end 
of the uh, of the segment is probably like the, one of another one of the highlights of the movie. Yeah, because they, they they find they find the the dead hooker in the bed. The room you say fire. that <laughs> you say they catch a dead hooker in the bed, and we don't need to go further into yeah. that. But let me just say, if you haven't seen this movie, you're thinking the wrong thing. <laughs> but yeah, like so, like everything's just completely gone awry, uh, and of course. Uh, Antonio returns and <laughs> acts, they acts completely unfazed. <laughs> um, oh. That's yeah. That was probably the highlight of the movie. But then, uh, wait, hold up. The negotiation scene. I know that was at the beginning of the third room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 500, That whole bit. That, that 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 bit was really good too. Yeah, Tim Roth, Antonio Banderas. Basically anything with him in it was was the best part of the movie. That's true. Yeah, he was never on screen and made you go like, can can we like can we move get past on? This? Yeah, yeah. we I think we were both kind of we were both laughing at the uh, bit where he's trying to comb his son's hair. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But then we get to the Tarantino segment. It's definitely like it's probably the most solid one. Uh, it doesn't like obviously like, the some of the other moments outshine it, but it's probably like consistently the most solid one it's several uh one take shots where like it's just following the characters through the uh through the room which was really cool Mm -hmm. Um, i am amazed that we didn't actually get samuel L. jackson in this like how was he not norman no offense to norman they had it's tarantino's mo it's they haven't like made the they haven't like made the blood pact at that point where he has to be in every single one of his movies i guess because that was you're right it's just the fact that bruce willis was there which um this is right after Pulp Fiction, uh, so when he's talking about how well his movie did, that's pretty much what he's talking about. <laughs> also, Bruce Willis is there. He's not in the credits uh, because he did it for free, and SAG got really mad at him. Huh. Well, that is a fun fact. Not for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are they going to do? He's fucking Bruce Willis. Like, oh, so oh, you're kicked out of SAG, Bruce Willis. But this is probably, like like I said, you know, when I said most consistent, like it's definitely the best written one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. The, well, like, the story is the most plausible. Um, you know, like it's mostly following Quentin, playing a director, kind of leading uh, Tim through the through the room, telling him all about all this stuff. Crystal, Crystal, it's fucking good, Ted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's really, it felt like uh, Quentin Tarantino had to manually come in. He's like, "Hey, listen, I'm only here for a fourth of this story, uh-huh. so I'm going to have to come in personally to make sure you get as much of me yeah. as any one of my." other movies would typically get oh yeah <laughs> so all that dialogue was very it tarantino it, all it, in, yeah. it flips straight to tarantino i definitely say because like so the whole bit is they are they're trying to get ted to be their be their dice man in this bet they're having he has to uh norman yeah that was his name norman has to uh, light his lighter 10 times in a row or else um he gets his finger cut off if he does it he um gets to take uh, Quentin Tarantino's car. So, because they saw it on a TV show once. Yeah, that's right. S- spoilers, it doesn't go off the first time he immediately chops it off and then he leaves the room. <laughs> and I realize this doesn't make me the best or anything, but I called it. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, no, it's... it's I, and I have to say, like, that's probably the best way you could have possibly ended the movie. It's like, <laughs> he takes his money and oh, leaves. It's, it's perfect. Just fluid. There is not, like... I remember we both, as soon as the chop... There's that little look, and then we had to get right back to facing the screen because he was already on the move. Just yeah. Tim Rogers. <laughs> Click, chop, gone. Oh, and <laughs> let me just say, Quentin Tarantino's ABCs always be selling. That whole bit was great. The money on the counter. Uh, oh, yeah. 
probably would have got me to do it. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I definitely would have done that for $1,000. For $1,000? Yeah, I'd cut someone's finger off. Oh, yeah. Like, it for a guy that I was just talking about, uh, he got... He got screwed over in uh, Rodriguez's Rodriguez's part because he was mean to kids, uh-huh. and now I'm like, man, he shouldn't have been such a stickler about cutting off that finger. <laughs> <laughs> he came out on top. He did everything. Well, heck, I wish we kept a total of all the money we saw him earn. That's a good yeah. Because I know witches gave him fifty dollars to uh-huh. make uh, the one one witch smile. Right. Uh, I don't think he got any money Not in, in the, the second, second room. Um, in the third one, five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars, and then a thousand, a thousand plus one hundred, in uh, the last one. Yep. Do because that math he did not quick. get that tip from Bruce Willis. <laughs> Shoot, that's nice. That's sixteen hundred fifty. Yep. Yeah, sixteen fifty. Yep, sixteen fifty. Not a, not bad. <laughs> but what would you give this movie? I like oh, the, the, the tar- movie. The Tarantino, uh, let's just do the Tarantino segment real Just quick. the Tarantino one. I'd give that one a 7. 8.5. Okay. Um, the movie overall? 9. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought that it all fit. We're on the... very opposite ends of the spectrum. Well, I thought, I see the movie itself as an experience, you know? Just, they carried you through on a nice journey. The story wasn't outlandish. Mm-hmm. Well, and even when it was, it yeah. was... It wasn't too... You knew what you were it didn't there leave, for. It didn't leave a You hotel. saw that opening cartoon. <laughs> you knew what was going to happen. It's absurd. And you knew you were getting absurd. I gave it a 4.8. Definitely, like... Because this is the second time I've seen it. Um, I've watched the Tarantino segment a few times, but I, I don't see myself revisiting it again. Uh, I could see myself rewatching it uh, with... Within or by two years. Okay. So yeah, that there there goes sooner if I have to show it to someone. Yeah, there goes that movie. Our last film of the night, Death Proof, uh, which was part of the Grindhouse double feature, which it was paired with uh, Robert Rodriguez's Planet Terror, which I think is the superior out of the two. Uh, I don't think you, you said you I did not seen see it. Yeah. Planet Terror. Oh, I like Robert Rodriguez, so I'd be willing to watch that and then actually give you an opinion on it later. One of my first notes on it i absolutely just love the presentation of how they how they showed it with like the, like the first half of the movie is like the kind of the grainy film like all torn up and like halfway through they just turn it into like a normal movie because it's like okay we got enough of that i guess that's true and i mean that that was just so surprising to me because you know everyone does the same thing you start watching a movie you start reading a book you start playing a game all of those you start getting familiar with your characters. You start building up a profile for them in your mind. Mm-hmm. And the best part with that, you spent that... How long was that first bit with the grain? It's probably an hour because the movie's two hours total. Wow. I remember it being significantly shorter than that. I think it... No, no, if, no. If, if cut, we'll go it, with what you say. If it's cut in two halves, it's probably t- uh, one hour each. Then I wrote, uh, Quentin can't help himself. The opening shot is literally just feet. <laughs> Okay, you know what? I I had rolled my eyes a bunch of times, but you might be a bit onto something. <laughs> I, I can't just deny the evidence. <laughs> he even says in in my best friend's birthday, he says he has a foot fetish. All uh, right, Quentin, that's cool. I guess. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, this is. I was I was taking these notes chronologically. The first several minutes of uh, benign girl talk is um, unbearably boring. 
Yeah, but you know that's that's definitely just Quentin Tarantino saying like, "Look, I know what bitches say." <laughs> you think I don't know what girls sound like? I listen to him go bah, 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 all the time. I listen to these bitches gab. Oop. I listen to these bitches gab all the time. <laughs> this is exactly what they talk about. They think I'm misogynistic. Then why do I get it so right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Like this is so. Yeah, basically, like you have. Very, very, very long setup uh, for both halves of this movie. Uh, it's like you follow this group of girls. Uh, they meet stuntman Mike, or he straight up just runs into him, uh, and then uh, then he then he does bad things with the car. It's always like you know 30, 45 minutes of just following the girls, and oh my god. You know, he knows how to write women characters. He did it right in Inglorious Bastards. He did it right in Jackie Brown. He did it right in Kill Bill. It's just, like, all they talk about is how, uh, is about fucking men. Like, it's literally all they talk about in the entire movie. It's, it's really, it's, it's really dull. It's really, it, it's kind of sexist. <laughs> well, tell me this, too. I, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the characters. Uh, but the girl who ends up doing the lap dance for Stuntman Mike. I don't remember her name, no. You're not, right? They, I remember Jungle That's what Julia. we're talking about right there. Just yeah. Like, <laughs> how memorable are the characters? I remember Jungle Julia because I'm like, there's no way in 2007 they're going to name themselves that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but, uh, she actually ends up going for Stuntman Mike. Like, he actually wins her over a bit. And don't get me wrong, I know it's Kurt Russell. Yeah. I mean... He's still a creepo, even in the... Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. By the way, he's the best part of the movie. He's he's fantastic. That's not saying much. Like, yeah. I like the movie, but him being the best part, that's not yeah, saying it's not much. Yeah, it's not a leap in, in logic to think, oh, <laughs> wait, you're telling me Kurt Russell was the best part of a movie? <laughs> it, was, it just felt really sudden when it happened in the first one. You know, sure. in the very first bit, I mean, I appreciate gory stuff. I thought it was really cool how he went over, like, in the crash... Everyone, how it went for every single yep. person involved. Because I remember when I first watched it, like maybe I was playing on my phone because I thought, I was like, this is a two hour long movie. Yeah. They can't die here. But I just remember I wasn't paying enough attention. Right. I saw what happened at least peripherally. And I was like, no, no, this, oh. And then just started rolling into it. I was like, wow, thanks. Because, Looking out, QT. Because um, like the, the first like shot of the crash is just kind of like a crash and it's like okay well i i we kind of missed a lot there and then like then the I, specific traumas then they go into each specific because i haven't seen this movie in years so mm -hmm. it was it was um it was kind of a surprise to me and it was it was so great because yeah that's probably like that's any of the car stuff is also is like the highlights we we are going to skate over it just because it happens right before but the murder, he, the very first murder, mm -hmm. when he has the girl just in the cab. Yeah. First of all, her getting inside that is just like this. If if there was a video of a cat crawling into a microwave, that is the equivalent. <laughs> it's just like, no, don't go in there. How can you not tell this is bad for you? It's, it's a cat crawling into a microwave and then like somehow being able to control it from inside <laughs> and turn it on. Well, because there's a tiny control panel inside. As we all know, microwaves, yeah. in case tiny people ever get stuck in there right. so they could turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's some really good dialogue in here. Uh, you won't get wet, I promise. Pro most guys wouldn't brag about that. <laughs> um, there was also, you don't say shit, you don't even say crap. 
also blah blah blah. <laughs> uh, oh man, I fucked uh, this guy once. Uh, oh hey, uh, you, man, you go fuck guy. <laughs> Something that definitely gets skated over. Uh, Mary Winstead just getting left behind. Oh yeah, I because in the very end, uh, and he puts her in a cheerleader outfit. Yeah, first. he's just like, hey, you know. If anyone wants to drop a fantasy over this, we're just gonna we're just gonna roll it in for you. There's yeah, leaves them with the redneck, and they've already busted up the car. Like yeah, and they're just like, hey, huh? well, she won't mind. She's just over there sleeping against your barn. You know, <laughs> she was literally asleep when they were leaving. It was, oh, that was worse than being a bad friend. Like that doesn't cover it. God, that was aiding predation. <laughs> um. God, I'm like I, the everything is just so all over the place here. The lap dance scene is incredibly awkward. Um, I was alone. I was alone. I think my dogs were in the room, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, they're judging me." Yeah, like it's it's just it's so like it's so long. It's so it's so unsexy. Like <laughs> at the same time, I think that it does a lot to speak to Kurt Russell's uh, stump and Mike's derangement yeah. that it's like, buddy, buddy this she just cool. did that for you. Yeah. She just did all that. Like no one else thought that you deserved that in <laughs> yeah. your life. <laughs> and he's like, wow, I'm glad I worked hard for that lap dance. I'm going to kill her good. You know? I'm going to fucking run over her face. <laughs> I'm going to wreck it. <laughs> Uh, oh, but Wreck It, it Mike. It's, That's it, a new thing. <laughs> it's it's probably the worst scene in the movie, but it ends like it just ends super abruptly, like the film cuts off and then goes to the next scene. That's probably like the best way it could have happened. I, I actually got a laugh out. It actually got a laugh out of me. Yeah, and the lawmen having a complete understanding that threw me off. That yeah. was very surprising that they're mm -hmm. just like, yeah, well, seems to me that he probably souped up this car so that he'd be just fine, and then he went out and killed these women. Mm -hmm. But there's not really a way to prove that, so what are you going to oh, do? Who else but Mike? They go, um, and they say, we'll make sure that he never does it in Texas again. Then it cuts to a title card, Tennessee. <laughs> That's right. I forgot that. That was terrific. I hopefully not realistic at all. <laughs> I think overall it could have been a really good like short film. It's just it's way too long. I'm trying to the the music was really good. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I like a lot of his music choices. Uh, the final car chase is really awesome. I'm I'm trying to like say as Honestly, many good the, things as I can here. The the car chasing like I I like this movie. Yeah, I, I know I liked it. I'm yeah. going to watch it again happily later in life. Mm -hmm. But something that always drives me nuts when it comes to uh, car versus car yeah. chases. First of all, your cars are right next to each other. It's no longer a chase. Yeah. Why Why can't you just slow down? Car battle. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's because uh, then the, other the guy mechanics slows down. of it. <laughs> then the other guy slows down. It's like, his weapon is a car. <laughs> it's like, well, then we both become stationary. It won't be interesting anymore. It's like, yeah, I got you. For the sake of a movie, it has right. to happen. Especially but you had a friend on the hood. Yeah. Which already I looked gotten... at that and I was like, screw it, you deserve it. This is. Uh... Well, because, well, I think, because it would have thrown her off if they stopped. I'm not and talking about an abrupt stop. I'm talking, like, he's already slamming against the vehicle and right. they're just gunning it, which is keeping pace with him. Yeah. So they continue for, I mean, how long was that? That lasted. It was for... a really long car chase. But, like, 
Do that means about they the were guys. going consistently the same speed for that long, and the driver never once thought, maybe this isn't going so well. <laughs> now that we keep screaming do, every do time we get mind, hit. Do keep in mind that also, like, you know, there's... It's, it's a fairly long, like, first chase scene, but then, like, they shoot him, he starts trying to drive away, and then they chase him um, now that they have the upper hand. So, like, once they become the hunters... It, that's when it goes well, on. Well, I'm not gonna longer. lie. It, it seemed to go by pretty quick at that point. I mm-hmm. felt I felt like it didn't drag out that much after that. But just that car scene where you know I, I'm not I'm not the kind of guy who worries about the eagles and the hobbits. You know, uh-huh. I, I don't need to poke holes in everything. Uh-huh. But with this, I'm like, man, you, why do you keep driving as fast as this guy? <laughs> <laughs> You're on the road. You. you you're past the point of it just being panic brain, you know? Right. That just pulled me out of it because I was like, what are you even trying to do anymore? Like, you're supposed to be a strong r- character that's going to take back the night? Well, you the, take back the road? The excuse for literally all of this movie, for the for the action scenes, for the bad character writing, is like, it's supposed to be a B movie. I'm willing to give it more of a pass for the car stuff than I am mm-hmm. for, like, the... for. For the the ditzy moron, dopey dumb dumb brain uh, characters, I guess. But I'm just saying, with the first car execution, not first, uh, second when he killed the whole other vehicle. Yeah, that was com- that made sense. That to me. Made, I was like, yeah. oh, he souped up the car. He made he's, it so that he can't be the one who died. All those first murders, great. And mm-hmm. you know what? I'm turning this back around. It's Mike's fault. That idiot. He spent that entire time driving up against them. Maybe that's why. Because he wasn't gaining real headway in the end. Right. Not that he needed it because they had someone on the hood. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Because, like, all, yeah, all the all the car scenes I thought were really cool. And especially like, the way this was shot. Uh, Quentin was his own DP on this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a really good job shooting it and, like, capturing that look. I, I really like all, all of those scenes. Those are probably, you know, in terms of scenes, those are the best parts. Obviously, like, I already said, Kurt Russell's, like, the, yeah. the best character in it. No, I'll agree 100%. They're cool. Like... As you replay it in your head, you're like, bad ass. Yeah. But I obviously there's links when it comes <laughs> to the mechanics of it, I don't like the characters as much after that last chase. I, I already... Chase. Quotation see, marks in the air. You see, I already see. didn't like the characters. I thought they mm. were annoying. So when they're going through it, I thought... It's funny. It actually, I, actually, I actually gave a shit about what was happening when, when it was going on. So mm-hmm. I, guess, I, guess, I guess there's the difference. I'd say... You know, it's no, it's definitely not a perfect movie. Most of it is not worth watching. You could skip scenes and you'd be okay. I think it's absolutely worth watching once. No, no, yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Um, there's an amazing 90-minute movie hidden in this two-hour movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. That, that can that fair. can be said about most films. If you're yeah, again, if you're a Quentin fan, this is worth this is worth watching. If you're into B movies. Yeah, well, given the we already said. My best friend's birthday. We said if you're a Quentin fan, eh, go yeah. for it. So Death Proof, if you're a Quentin fan, you have to. Like, yeah. you, you already have. You, have no excuse you, you can't to. say that you are if you haven't. And I'm, I'm sorry, that sounds elitist, but that's because we're better than you. Uh-huh. So, Jamie rating for Death Proof. I know it's going to be higher than mine. Seven. Okay. Uh, I gave it a five. It's like right, it's like right on. It's like a C, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's really those fucking car scenes that elevates it. Otherwise, it would probably be like a like a like a D. But the, the ending the ending did it for me. That's that's about that's about it. 
Uh, hey, David, what's what's our next episode? Our next episode? Well, uh, it sounds like Isle of Dogs for me. Is, is that what it looks like uh, Chris is saying across the room? <laughs> well, actually, I was getting distracted by Chris mouthing it because there's a dry erase board right behind him. But it looks like if my eyes aren't deceiving me. Isle of Dogs. But yeah, we'll and we'll do another one of these uh, for movies Quentin has written uh, later on in the year. That that's it for that's it for today. And bye uh, bye and bye bye. Yeah, bye. And bye bye. Bye and bye bye. Bye. listening to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. If you enjoy the show, be sure to leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. For updates on this show and their other projects, get your parents' permission to go to IlluminationCinema.com.